episode 151, Online Reputation Secrets. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Jennifer Thompson's perspective. Join 2017 and 18 podcast awards nominated host and best-selling author on Amazon as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctor and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to the Easter edition of A Doctor's Perspective. Today we have a fellow podcaster, over 200 episodes called Doctor Marketing Tips. It's really right up the alley of what I do, except it's just marketing tips and she does massive corporations as well as smaller ones, but a lot of groups and um, I've gotten a lot of value from her podcast in the past before I did the minisodes. So when I see some good episodes or something that just kind of interests me, I'll listen to them and uh, I'll take some notes for y'all, okay? You know, I always throw out a link or two to self-promote this week. You can just go to adoctorsperspective.net slash all links and that will take you to Linktree and it just has a whole bunch of links. All of the series that we did, especially for marketing because we talk about that on this episode and so if you just go to you know, .net slash marketing, you'll find the online reviews episodes that we make reference to later and you can find support top episodes of the last several years all that good stuff so check it out if you just like wow i just can't get enough of that dr trosclair you can do dot net slash as heard on and you'll see the interviews where the role is reversed and i am the guest talking about books and china and all those types of things so well again jennifer's on the show talking about what does your web page need how do you deal with your online reputation that goes from Google to Facebook to all those different things. Dealing with negative reviews. That's a key strategy. And then how to use videos to your advantage. We cover a one-liner, her thoughts on that. And lastly, we round out the interview for a little while about telehealth. She's got a whole program that uh, you can get information about it. But we will discuss different aspects of telehealth so that you can do it correctly, quickly, but also maintain that patient experience. In the show notes today, you will find several different links that she was referring to throughout the show and even two recent episodes that she's recorded uh, to help with the telemedicine and dealing with this coronavirus business. That link would be a doctorsperspective.net slash 151. Before we jump into the interview, stay tuned to the end for an unreleased jingle. A past episode guest, number 97, Dr. Amy Arton, is a musician. And she wrote up a jingle for the show. So this will be the first time you can hear it. Thank you, Doctor. If you're interested in her creating anything for you, lots of different genres, links, etc., thesongdepot.com is how you can get in touch with her. And now, let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from Germany in Orlando, Florida, today on the show, we have actually... Someone who uh, has a podcast that I was actually listening to off and on for the last two or three years because it's strictly doctor marketing. And it's really funny because they have like the overhead page and doctor marketing tips. Uh, it's kind of silly. But anyway, it's really good. It's Insight Marketing Group. It's been around for well over 10 years, even going on almost 15 at this point. Welcome to the show, Jennifer Thompson. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I was listening to your show this morning on my morning walk. So I um, got a little bite of that ortho surgeon who is out of Dayton, Ohio, talking about telemedicine. So good show, and I'm glad to be on it. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, boy, there's so many things you can talk about at one time. And 
I kind of want to know your origin, a little bit of your origin story. Like, how'd you get into doctor marketing? Because that is probably such a niche. And when you listen to the show, you're not doing a lot of like PTs and things like that. It's dentists and surgeons and like medical doctors. How are you doing? Do you have hospitals? Is it solo practices? Give us the spiel real quick. So yeah, we only work with independent physician groups. And so just to give you like a little bit of my story, years and years ago, I was working for a Fortune 100 company doing marketing for them as one of their um, marketing directors for a group of very large like retail centers. And I, I had the opportunity to run for public office and I lost. Mm. And when when it all push came to shove, I thought, you know, I just can't go back to the daily grind. And I quit my job and took off a couple months. And my phone started ringing of people asking me to take what I was doing out in marketing. And this is back in like 2005. And if I could do it for them in, individually. And one thing led to another. And I ended up starting my own agency and had the wherewithal, thank God, by like 2007 to go straight into marketing for medical practices. And and I say thank goodness because in 2008, the market totally crashed. And had I not been with medical practices, I certainly would not be on this episode right now with you um, talking about this. And so fast forward literally like 15 years later, and all I do is work with independent physician groups. I've got about um, somewhere between 800 and 1,000 doctors that are across maybe, you know, two or three dozen different practices. And so we found really a niche in kind of specialties where consumers have a choice and patients have a choice of who they're going to see. So lots of orthopedics, lots of gastroenterologists, lots of um, vascular, but more on the vein side, lots of ENT and practices like that. And so we do a bunch of work with orthopedics and anything related to orthopedics, including PT, large physical therapy practices. And then what really makes us unique, I think, is that the very first practice back in 2008 that said, we want you to do marketing for us, they also said, we want you to be in our offices. And so since 2008, my entire team, which has grown to about 10, we have a sublet space, a suite attached to an outpatient surgery center inside of an orthopedic practice with about 30 doctors. And so we're interacting every single day with physicians and with surgeons. We're able to bounce ideas. And that's kind of like what has led us to where we are now. And so we work with lots of specialties, with tons of doctors, but we're inside of a practice, like seeing what's happening from the patient experience, which is where the doctor marketing tips concept came from, is how can we take what we're learning inside practices and share it with the world? Mm. So before we talk about a little bit of the online reviews, which is a huge piece for these types of doctor's offices, because really you don't expect to see an ENT really advertising and all this type of stuff. So it's like, I want to call it secret ninja marketing, like like you said, like online reviews and things. And we want to also cover uh, employees, how we can get them to care more than a paycheck about spreading the word and being proud of where they work and knowing like you actually make a difference. You might be just swiping a credit card and making appointments and you may or may not even like what you're doing, but like, it's so important. Um, but before we jump into that, I, I just want to talk about your doctor marketing because <laughs> you have a lot of episodes and they really run the gamut of topics. But if you could, is there any blaring top three things that you have learned so far that doctors should really focus in on or they're really missing the boat? Yeah. So um, sometimes I think one 
you know, go back to the online reviews. Cause I get doctors all the time that are like, if I can only do one thing, Jen, that is going to really help me grow my practice. What's the one thing I should focus on. And we tell them hands down bar none, get your hands around your online reputation and focus on getting patients to leave you reviews online. Because when you do that, it's going to help you be, you're going to become very searchable on the search engines. And when patients are leaving reviews, good and bad reviews on Google, that is um, an open source for you to look at that data, to evaluate really what customers are saying about your business, and then to make adjustments with your staff. So if there's only one thing you can do, focus on the reviews. And the second area we tell people to focus on, and we talk about it a lot on the show, is really get in and have make sure you have a good website. Doesn't have to be a great website. You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a website. But at this point in this day and time, there's absolutely no excuse not to have a decent website built in WordPress, professionally done. And no matter what, focus on your reviews and then focus on having a good website because that website is going to allow you to market in the way that you need to. And you're going to use that feedback from patients, which you're going to get a lot of positive feedback because you wouldn't be in business if you weren't going to. And you're going to use those reviews in your marketing. And we talk about that a lot on the show. And then kind of the third piece is be authentic. You know, you as a, as a physician, you have the, the greatest opportunity to build relationships with your patients. And those relationships are what are going to drive those reviews online. And if you're authentic in what you do, it's going to translate into kind of that conversation that's taking place around you and about you online. And so if you're authentic, you have a good website where people can find you and you're easily searchable. And then you're also leaning into those positive reviews. If you just do those things and they, they cost you very little, if any money, if you just do those things, you're going to be successful. And you were talking about the episode that you listened to from episode 150, quite a milestone. That's a lot. Congratulations. He didn't even know what his webpage was. I'm not saying anything bad about the guy. I just couldn't believe it. it was like, and I went online to try to find it and put it in his link. And I had a hard time finding their actual webpage. That's a surgeon for you. That's a doctor for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I was like, Mikey, maybe am I spelling it wrong? Like, yeah. That's, why, that's a doctor for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you're doing a website layout, I noticed you said WordPress. Some people are like, Square is so much easier. And then there's whole like a Russell Brunson style of layout. There's the story brand type of layout. Do you recommend any kind of thought process? Look, I'm not the one that's in there building the websites, but I, I say like keep it simple. I like WordPress because it's so simple, so easy to use. I'm sure there's other platforms out there um, that are just as easy to use. But WordPress to me is universal plugins work and you know it's it's inexpensive to get in there and, and just about anybody can do it once you understand it um we look at a lot of data as it relates to like what are actually people actually looking for on your website they look they're looking for the doctors they want to see what their physician looks like they want then they're gonna you know they get a referral they're gonna go check out the doctor if you're if you're a decent looking guy or a gal and you don't look like you're something, somebody crazy and people have halfway positive reviews about you, they're probably going to make an appointment. So the first thing they're going to do is they're going to search the, the doctor. They may look up insurance. Um, it just depends on your specialty. You know, that's kind of like a given. Um, they're definitely going to look at your locations and, and what kind of access that you have. And then they may do a little bit of other research out there, you know, a couple searches on 
on Google, but that's really, you know, the way you show up on Google is going to depend on what you're putting out there from a content standpoint and also how many reviews you've got. So again, focus on your reviews and just make sure you have a halfway decent website with some good pictures. You know, I would say that um, don't put a picture of yourself with a full head of hair if I'm looking at you and you've got no hair. Mm -hmm. You know, don't put a picture of you from when you were in residency and you're 65 years old now. Be authentic, be real, be transparent as much as you can be. You know, just put up a good front and be professional. And that's what you need in your website. And especially if you're making, quote, surgeon money. Spend some money for a headshot. Yes. Like, what, but just spend 100 bucks, and you can at least get a picture or two. That's right. That is like brand new and nice. That's right, Justin. Oh, yeah. We see that so often. You know, just, just make sure things are current. And I'm a big believer in video. We talk about it a lot on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. And, um, Big believer in video, putting yourself on camera, answering common questions. When we talk to people about building a website, you know, you got a phase one website, which might be a couple of pages. And then your marketing strategy includes making updates to the base every single month. And so start small, let it grow just like you would your business. Start small, let it grow. You grow into it. And that, that's how you'll have success. So like a blog, like I don't think I've updated my blog in like two years because I just haven't needed to you know what i mean but like when i go back to be like oh man do i need to change all like my zip codes and my seo like when i move and stuff i'm like <gasps> yeah you do but there's still years there's still years of blogs that i was doing i'm like oh my god you do and there's so much more i can put you know and a, a tip for anybody out there like um you know when you're leaning into reviews get patients giving you testimonial on video and then take your testimonial videos um and run them through a transcription software transcribe the videos, have somebody clean it up and put the long form of your videos as a blog post. And it'll do very well from an SEO standpoint. And then you're using those patient stories and you're recycling them in your marketing. It's easy to do. You don't have to come up with new ideas. And what better way for somebody looking for a doctor because they may have to have a particular procedure done to see 10 success stories of somebody coming to your practice and doing that same procedure in an outpatient setting, saying, look, I walked in, I was in pain, but when I went home, I had the first good night's sleep that I've had in 10 years. And it's in the patient's words, not in yours. Easy blog post. Yeah. See, doc, I mean, Dr. Alex, he's either after you or before you in the, in the lineup, but he's coming out if you, when you're listening to this. We, he, does, he gets on NBC News and CBS News or whatever ones, so he's like the doctor that makes the news. And uh, we were talking about videos, and we were talking about transcribing and I'll just throw it here. Not a sponsor, otter.ai. Love it. You upload the video free. I mean, you're pretty much not going to reach their limit for to have to actually pay. Um, and you get a transcription just like every episode. That's how I get my transcription. Is it perfect? No. Am I going to spend any money to proofread it? No. It's just. Is it good enough? Yes. It's SEO candy. I've never once had somebody like, hey, man, you know, your transcripts suck. You know, I'm like, yeah. okay, well then. Watch the video. <laughs> yeah, do that. Like, seriously. <laughs> but it's great for Google, and that's what matters. Yeah. I think I might be robbing some of these doctors that come on the podcast. Like, you put their name and my show comes up, and you're like, oh, right? yes. That's, that's a great, that's a great, you know, another area that doesn't often get talked about for, like, the digital footprint that your listeners probably would find value in is updating the MPI database. You know, when you mm. when you go into practice, you've got, you know, your MPI number kind of follows your entire career. And a lot of times physicians won't go and make sure that that database gets updated. So what happens is twice a year, 
the MPI database gets updated. So if you come out of residency, go into practice or you switch practices, you know, maybe you're, you're with the hospital and then you go off on your own. If you don't update the MPI database, you'll never be current on all of the directory listings out there. And so it only happens wow. twice a year. Go in, update your MPI database, because that way you're in the right place at the right time when patients are looking for you and the information is correct. So that's a like a little piece of like behind the scenes advice. Go out there and make sure your MPI numbers are correct and all that info is correct. Yeah, you just you just wrote, hopefully you just wrote that down because it's a good thing to make sure it's current. Wow, that's great. It doesn't take much nope. time to do. So let's do it. Let's peel it back. Online reviews. You kind of made a mention to it already. We're, we're scanning with the ones we do have, assuming we have any, and then we're going to make some changes based on the negatives or the, the gaps that we see. Like, what do you, what's your secret sauce for that? And then, of course, we need to know how to get more reviews. Do you use a company or whatever? Look, whether you're asking for reviews or not, there's going to be reviews about you because that's how people are choosing their providers. Just like they're choosing their provider the same way they're choosing restaurants at this point. We all do it, you know, and, and, Chances are, you know, you're looking at where you're going to have dinner tonight, just like you're looking to what chiropractor you're going to go to. And you don't remember all the positives, but you do certainly remember if somebody leaves a nasty review about, you know, the facility being dirty or the doctor having a poor bedside manner. So regardless, whether you want to put your head in the sand or you want to tackle this head on, it's happening around you. And so online reviews are the number one way that people are choosing their providers now, especially when we get out of this post COVID-19, you know, complete isolation, telemedicine is going to play in a, another part in that because just like reviews, people are going to have a choice in their providers and they're now going to have an expectation that as a provider, that you're going to provide certain levels of services. And it's all going to translate in the reviews because this is where people are having the conversations about your practice. And so when I say reviews, I mean, it's a it's not just when they're leaving you a review. It's the conversation that's taking place around it. And it's your ability to interact with that conversation. So you've got mm -hmm. patients on Google, on health grades, on vitals, on rate MDs. But there, you've also got patients on Facebook, on Nextdoor, on Twitter, on Instagram, they're leaving reviews and having conversations about your practice and about their experience with your practice on all of these platforms. So sometimes I think it's hard for any of us to get our kind of our head around the value there. There's a, um, a Wampley research that was done a couple years ago. Wampley um, is a credit card processing company that looked at 25,000 freestanding medical clinics and of those 25,000 freestanding medical clinics, they looked at the credit card processing data for cash pay for cash pay patients. And they looked at it in direct correlation to star ratings. And they found something like when you have a four or five star rating average, you are like you have a 20 percent higher revenue tied to your cash portion of your of your business. So there's a direct correlation. And I will give you, Justin, if you'd like, I'll give it to you for your show notes, a, a link to that study, because it's really good data to break it up to. Mm. So what from our standpoint, you know, doing this about 15 years, I found like, I don't know, five years ago, the doctors would come and be like, Jen, I need you guys just to figure out this reputation stuff. I need my listings to be correct. I need to know that I don't want to worry about this. I can't believe I even have to deal with this. I can't respond to patients on because of HIPAA. You know, this is BS. Let's figure out how to make this work. I get it. 
And right. it got to the point over and over that, you know, like I was saying, the MPI database, we'd have to make sure that was correct. Um, I had an instance with a, a large ortho practice where one day the phone just like just kind of died down and we were trying to figure out what had happened. And it turned out the hospital had updated all of their listings and it was tied to the independent group. And all of the phone numbers to all of our doctors were now the hospital scheduling line. So it was those kind of things that used to happen. And and finally, the docs would be complaining that, you know, like, I've got two star reviews. I need you to get those removed. And it finally came down to like, doc, I can't get your negative reviews removed. I mean, if you are providing bad service, like you need to expect that that's what's going to happen. And so stop making a wait for us. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, but it, it got to the point that we said, look, there has to be a way to compile the reviews and to, to pull that data down and, and figure out what the data is telling us. And so that's really one thing that I really recommend is go in there, download your reviews or have someone in your office start looking at individual reviews, put a spreadsheet together and figure out why you're getting negatives and then address the problem inside your office. So reviews really tell us something. They tell us, you know, they give us a glimpse of something that's taking place in the practice. And so some of the large practices that we work with, we put together what we refer to as like a sentiment analysis. And we try to figure out, you know, is it a billing issue? Are people complaining about the billing? And, you know, is it taking too long to get the bills? Is it taking, are are they concerned about pricing? Is it not matching up with insurance? Are the invoices that they're getting in the mail, you know, two months later, you know, with an eight point font and they can't read the invoice. Like, what is that telling us? Is it a customer service issue? Is it somebody who answers the phone? Are they getting back in timely responses? Nine times out of 10, it's the wait time and it's something related to billing and then it's customer service. And so we can correct those things. You know, you can, you can dive into billing and you can figure out what the, what the real pain points are. Customer service, we can train for. So that's where, right. if you listen to the podcast, we talk a lot about employee engagement and we talk about about training your employees. So what we did is we put together um, we put together on demand and in person training specific to medical practices just to deal with what we're seeing in the sentiment from the sentiment analysis of, of what the reviews are telling us. And then mm. you mentioned it before, like what can you do to get more reviews? Because honestly, if you get more reviews from a marketing perspective, the more reviews you get, good, bad, and ugly, and you want to get the positive ones, that's how you're going to get the juice on Google. And that's how you're going to be very searchable because you want to be in the right place at the right time exactly when patients are looking for you. And five years ago, I would have told you to put signs up in your office and you know, ask for the feedback from the patients that are positive and you know, hand them out some cards and things like that. But you don't have to do that anymore. There are services out there that very simply either will tie to your EHR if you have an HL7, you know, and you can open up the port and allow them to come in and grab that. Or you can file transfer over at the end of the day. You can set up like an automatic report through your EHR to dump a file and they'll grab it and text out your text your patients asking for reviews. And that stuff, I mean, for a couple hundred bucks a month or less, you can have every single patient being asked for their feedback. You focus as a physician on the patient care and do a little training and, and engagement with your employees so they actually give a day, you know, and create some incentives and things like that to reward them. Ask your patients for reviews. And if that's all you do, you'll have a successful practice at the end of the day. So I can tell you, I think it was episode 99. This guy, that's what he does for a living. We've had Review Wave and we had his, uh, Philippe, 
something. Anyway, he, he, he's worldwide and that's what they do for a living. And we discussed it, all the rules about gating. Yeah. That's illegal. Yep. <laughs> Rewarding for reviews. Can't do that. Yep. So we go through the logistics of that on two episodes. And so those are two companies over there that you can pay to, uh, to do that for you. You know, I was looking at, of all things, a vasectomy. Yeah. It's that time of, of life. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm in Germany, so I was looking, and they got like national health care, but apparently it's not covered, so you have to pay for it out of pocket anyway. And this one clinic had 237 reviews, and the next clinic had 10. I was like, hmm, uh-huh. guess which webpage I looked for. Of course. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. They're like, we do like 100 times more surgeries. We da-da-da-da. And, of course, the reviews are mostly positive. I mean, especially in that procedure, you're going to get a negative review. It might be because you had a kid. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't want to pretend like it's just reviews. Like, it's really what it is. It's, it's, it's managing the reputation online and reviews are one part of it. It's also right, right. engaging with the audience on social media, responding to all your reviews, whether they're positive or negative. You know, so you're looking for a vasectomy and it's a negative response at least acknowledge that person's comment and say, look, man, call us. If you want to talk about it, talk about anything, you know, you can give people a back channel without admitting they're a patient, but at least give people the courtesy of a response, not so much for that patient, but for the next patient that's coming behind them looking to see, you know, if you even give a damn. Yeah. So that is the question. I had a a cousin that owns a hotel and he's able to put back, you know, really, that's what you think because you broke uh-huh. the bed and the lamp and you didn't and da, da, da. And we can't, what can we say when they just fly off the handle on a review? Um, it depends on which attorney you talk to on any given day. So you have to make your, wow. you have to make your own judgment call here. Our kind of rule of thumb is we like to acknowledge that something has been left. Thank you for the feedback or if it's negative, feel free to call Sally in our office. Her direct number is this, you know, just acknowledge it, provide an option. Really what you're trying to do is pull the, the conversation offline, but you want to at least acknowledge it and provide an opportunity that if a patient actually wants to pick up the phone and call, they will. We have a process. Of- and you don't see it much. No, you don't. Like on Amazon, sometimes you'll find like a seller reply to your, like, you gotta, you gave me a three-star review. You could have just said something. I would have give you back your money. That's exactly the it, case. And, and a lot of times, like, you can see the review. And especially like on Google, they don't allow those anonymous reviews anymore, which is fantastic. So you get mm-hmm. the, you see the review. You know who that patient is. Look them up. Pick up the phone and call them. Resolve it offline. Nine times out of ten, they'll go off and take the review off. You know, it's just a matter of doing that. And, and another thing that um, we encourage folks to do is be super active as a practice on social media. And I'm not talking about just like putting things on social media because I think social media is dead from that perspective. There's a difference in being on it versus in it. Get in mm-hmm. social media. Have fun with kind of building that that trust and authenticity on social media channels. Build those kind of raving fans and then when someone talks trash about your practice or gives you like some some out in the left field negative review, those fans that you've really built relationships with on social media, they'll come to your aid. You won't even have to be the one responding to it because they'll respond for you. And that really happening in like a big ortho clinic? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. We pay um, – the last couple of years, we pay a lot of attention to – like recommendations, like when people are moving into communities and they join all these Facebook groups. So the first thing that they will do 
is go on there and say, hey, I'm looking for a pediatrician. And all these people will come on and give recommendations for pediatricians. Well, if you have put the time and energy into building relationships through social media with your fans and not just giving cookie cutter stuff, those people are the ones that are going to go out there and market your practice. And when somebody talks smack about you on social media, they're also the ones that are going to come to your aid. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So Justin's relation to this would be someone's on our, in our chiropractic groups. Hey, what EHR should we use? Yes. And we're so sick of those questions, uh-huh. by the way. We're like, just use the search bar. Exactly. <laughs> but I am, I, I mean, I'm passionate. Like, this is the one that I like. I know y'all love this one. And this is the another one. But this one's no one seems to like, but they've already invested so much mm-hmm. money in it that they can't undo yeah. it at this point. Uh-huh. Or people say, where can I get, where can I find a chiropractor? You know, where can I get a massage therapist? Where can I go for PT? Yeah. And, you know, I need a pediatrician. I need an OBGYN. Like, that's how people are finding their recommendations now. So that all ties into reviews. Those are reviews and recommendations, and, and sometimes they're closed groups. So how do you get in there? You can only get in there by really building those relationships with your customers, with your patients, with your employees, with the people out there in the community. They're going to be the ones marketing for you. Is there anything we can do in-house? I, maybe I don't see this very often, but you know, a lot of orthopedic groups will sponsor like the local college team and stuff. Like They have that kind of money. Mugs, pins, hats golf bags. I mean, is there anything, you know, they always try to sell you that whenever you're a, a small clinic, at least maybe not these big ones, but they always, oh, it's, it's all this brain. And you're like, no, it's not. It, to me, I'm like, it's cute. It makes you feel good, but it doesn't do much. What is your opinion? Have you seen it work? It, it's hard because you can't quantify it. You can't really measure it. Mm-hmm. But I can say, um, I do talk to, okay, so we have this one ortho group that we work with. A couple of them do this where they'll provide physicals to the local high schools for free. So what they'll do, this one group will take, the doctors will provide the physicals, you know, it's physical season coming up and they'll go in and, and do like, a, it's a fundraiser for the schools. So the doctors donate their time. The schools charge 20 bucks a pop. It's how they raise money for their athletic training programs. Yep. And um, so the doctors come in and do it. But when they come in for the physicals, they give them out these free t-shirts and you know, they're cheap t-shirts. They're like $5 t-shirts. You and I wouldn't wear them because they're hot. You know, probably too tight. So not even good quality. I see. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, I see these t-shirts everywhere, everywhere. I didn't think that, you know, towels and things like that with logos work, but I'll be at the gym and people are using towels with logos. You know, I got a practice, a PT practice that does like stretch bands, you know, like the bands, if you're going to do band work and they've got their logo on the bands. So I, you know, I don't know. That's smart. It is smart, but I, but I can't quantify it. I don't know if that yeah. stuff really works, if that's how you're choosing your provider. But if you're going to do these things, if you're going to be out in your community, then, you know, you've got to, I would think you want your branded stuff. I tell you, if you had branded hand sanitizer right now, that would probably do pretty well. But but go to that. I mean, the, the point of buying tchotchkes and then distributing those things in the community is to get your name out there. Well, I think the best thing you can do if you're out in the community is teach the people that are out there on your behalf how to work a booth, how to take photos, how to engage the public on social media from the perspective of the practice, and then share the hell out of that stuff. If you're sponsoring the local football team, you should have people on the sideline taking photos, taking pictures with these kids, getting releases, doing some videos from the sidelines, putting that on social media, using that to expand your reach, 
Then it goes into those community Facebook pages. People are talking about you. They know who you are. They're tagging their kids. That's the value of those sponsorships, not just throwing money at them. Because normally it's just 30 businesses on a calendar that nobody even looks nobody at. Nobody cares about that stuff. But if there's it's goodwill. It's just you feel good about yourself. Exactly. And if, and if you're doing it because you're helping out the local Girl Scout troop, then find a way to engage the Girl Scout troop in the conversation for you online because that's where people are finding all their information. And everybody at home right now is scrolling through social media. So how can you take advantage of that? If you do sponsor some kid group for whatever it is, you should be, look, okay, but I need a PR blitz. Yes. We could put on, a, you know, like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. We're going to do something. We're going to sponsor some kind of thing that relates to orthopedics or something like that. So it's going to be earn some kind of badge for some kind of athletic something or another. And you can put your poster and you, know, you take pictures by it and all this kind of stuff. To me, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. We actually got a mascot. I'm just curious about this. We got a mascot. It could be a bear. I use crawfish because of where I'm from. And um, you get like a jersey of some sort that the, the costume wears and somebody's in it. And when you're at these events, it's, you know, it's the pool kids in, oh, get a picture. And of course, it has your name on it or something. So when they post on social media, it has this, all this goodwill exactly. and you, they want to share it. Exactly. We've got one right now. So COVID-19, everybody's at home. You know, I haven't left the house in a couple of weeks. My hair's starting to like, my roots are showing. I haven't had my nails done. It's the first time. And I can remember when I haven't had my, like a pedicure, like we're starting to like the women, especially we're starting to flip out. So we have a, a guy that he's a, he's a plastic surgeon. He's also an ENT doctor. And one of his like feeder businesses is he has like a salon. So he does like, he's a full, he's a plastic surgeon. He really makes his, his, his money on like the non-surgical. So like fillers and things of that nature. But he also has like a hair salon. So we're going to do a contest where it's like, don't try to do your roots yourself. Instead, they're going to, the patients or, or customers are submitting pictures of their bad hair and we're running a contest <laughs> around that. And so when they submit it, you put it up on social media, it's something to encourage engagement, but it's a way for him to keep himself part of the conversation while he's unable to practice medicine. And so, you know, it's stuff like that. I mean, we got doctors doing telemedicine. It's one thing if you're going to do telemedicine, it's totally another thing if your doctors are doing like fun photos of like in their, you know, at their telemedicine desk at home, they've got their, their white, you know, lab coat on and a pair of shorts underneath and they're having fun with it. And that's what plays well on social media. And that's what really helps you protect your brand online, be part of the conversation and, and remain relevant even when nobody's able to come into the practice. It seems right now everybody's like wants to see fun and happy. Yes. Like, all these people, they're like cooking at their house now. Yes. They're being silly. And you're like, this is the this is a human being. This isn't yes. just Dr. Francis, the surgeon. It's like, oh, he's a human. He jokes around and actually plays with kids and all this kind yes, of stuff. That's, and that's what we want to see. And that's how you build that's how you build the kind of fans out there for yourself that are going to really propel your practice when when you need them to propel it. What do you think about uh, a one liner for all your staff to, to memorize? Uh, it's like a catchy phrase for your for your company i think you got to understand what it is that the one-liner means i think it's it's kind of a fun i think it's i think developing a one-liner is probably makes a lot of sense if you can let your employees be part of that conversation and get your employees to be engaged as part of it i've got a practice whose one-liner their like tagline is discover the difference 
And for years, the practice administrator would be like, Jen, what the hell does discover the difference mean? And I'm like, exactly. KJ, that, that's what his name is. I'm like, KJ, you're, you're, you hired this big marketing firm years ago to come up with that line. And you should have known whatever that meant. Because if your employees don't know, then your patients are never going to know. And the difference could be something negative. And then a couple of years ago, we really doubled down. And I've got a ton of stuff about this on the, the podcast. We really doubled down on employee engagement for this practice. And all of a sudden, what did Discover the Difference mean? The difference is the patients. The difference are the employees. Like everybody can practice medicine. And I'm sorry, but every doctor out there that I'm choosing, I expect you to be board certified. I expect that when you became a doctor, you went to the right places. I shouldn't have to check on your credentials before I make an appointment. But what I what the difference is are the way that I get treated when I walk in your practice or the results that you get. And so discover the difference in that tagline took on a whole new meaning when we started engaging the employees. And so we have practices now that kind of tackle taglines, but they do it from the bottom up instead of like a big firm coming in and telling them, this is your story now, like adjust to it. Instead, they let their people kind of tell the story and then they create the tagline around it. So I'll dig a little deeper since you, you have a, a place in your company that does it. Do we want something cute like like what you just mentioned, or do we want something a little bit more? I'll read you mine, and then yeah. you can tell me like the, 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 so you can hear the difference. This is a results based clinic that offers quick pain relief care. You get the relief you've been wanting with customized treatment and straightforward pricing. So it's more of a um, stating a problem, stating some benefits. Any opinions? I, I don't know if it makes. I'm not saying mine's great. I'm just saying it's a different style. I don't know if it makes a difference for me when I'm choosing a practice. I'll give you my statement. Um, so. We, we don't necessarily, ours is really adopted from like the whole lifetime and Senate concept of you got to start with why, what's your why? So people say like, what yeah. do you guys do? Plain and simple. We simplify your marketing so you can run your practice. Boom. I guess it's just, it's your elevator speech, right? Um, yeah. And I think it's good so that you're, if you're on an elevator or your employees are like talked to at the grocery store and they say, you know, what do you do? It needs to be something that people can remember so that they can get it across. But I think it has to focus on the why you're doing it and not so much the what you're doing. It just has to resonate with people and it has to be simple. I just think that crafting those statements has to come from the bottom up and not from the top down. Because what you really want are your people to buy into it. Because if they buy into it and they truly believe it, they'll convince the patients. Perfect. And one more thing on the telehealth. Anything that we should be focusing on, whether it's on our webpage or... Uh, any tips that you've noticed that, you know, there's probably, you have probably have tons of clients that are trying to do it. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a tip and then I'm going to give you this for the show notes. Cause I, um, I just launched this thing called the doctor marketing tips lab and we weren't going to launch it this early, but then all of this stuff happened. And so in it, we've put like, like a bunch of resources related to like having to temporarily close your office. What do you need to do from a marketing standpoint? What it, how do you put together the crisis communication plan and, and how do you get that message out there to patients? And then also right now we're putting together like from a telemedicine standpoint, at least from a marketing standpoint, what do you need to do immediately so that you can make sure your practice is running? So there's like some basic things that you should do for your website to get it on there. There's some basic flyers. Um, it's really all about communication so that your patients know that you're still up and running and also that your referring providers know. 
And as old school as it sounds, if you can't go out and knock on doors anymore and, and build relationships with referring partners, we're doing a ton of fax blasts. You know, Ooh. sign up for an e-fax. You know, the only people that left are left using fax machines are doctors. So <laughs> grab your referring list out of your EHR, download it, upload it into a system. You're going to pay like at max 20 cents a pop and drop a, a flyer to everybody saying, hey, we're still open. We're still taking your patients. We can also you can refer them to telemedicine. I'll return them to you next week. And here's how you do it. And send the fax out. So, you know, that's like old school stuff. But I think I think that, you know, the basics at all, it's not so much about telemedicine, but it's about how you're going to communicate it. Faxes are working. Lots of PR. If you're in a market and you went to tele and you're the first one really out of your specialty doing it, the news will pick that up. That is a hot topic right now. So reach out to your local. Oh, yeah. You can just reach out directly to that's them. That's right. Um, it's, it's almost like all bar, like there's. All rules are kind of off right now, like in terms of communicating with patients. So pull your database and email them. I know that not everybody responds to email, but respond to email. Look at your EHR and see if they have a built-in like like a text blast, because a lot of them do, especially if you use the scheduling software. You can really, for no cost, text all of your existing patients. Tell them that you're doing tele. So I think those are things, but y'all, this is a gold mine that she just told you. Like use these are your easy. EHR, yes. send an email, just send an email. You have a hot patient list, even a cold patient list. You have a list. Just send, even if, we're doing telemedicine. Even if they're not like, look, I don't want, we don't, there are people say, we don't need to market to our existing patients. Bull yes, you do market Come to on. them because they're going to tell everybody else. Not to mention, you know how many people are like, uh, I'd go back, but I just don't want to wait. Uh -huh. And I don't want to, da, 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 da. maybe it's a little bit less money to do a telehealth mm -hmm. visit. You know, I mean, there's so many perks. I think the next piece of telemedicine, though. So like right now, we're kind of in like, let's put out all the fires. And like, we just want to be able to practice. But I think the next piece breaks down to how do we maintain the patient's experience in a telehealth setting? So, for example, we've been talking about this a lot in my office because a lot of practices that we're chatting with. So we're doing we're, we don't necessarily have one telehealth provider over another. But what we're doing is offering like to everybody out there, to, at least to our clients for free. Like we will just get you set up on what works for you in a HIPAA compliant like process. Mm -hmm. and, and if you aren't a client, we bring you on and we'll say, look, for pennies on the dollar, we'll get you set up and do all the stuff for you. Um, but you just need to be doing it. But I think the next conversation is how do you protect the patient experience? And so we have like practices that are like, I'm going to do it on Google Duo or I'm just going to do it on Skype or I'm just going to, you know, I'm just doing like FaceTime on my phone to do telemedicine. Okay. But what are you going to do six months from now? And what is, you're teaching your patients right now how to use telemedicine. So once you train your patients on how, what to expect, that's what they're going to expect moving forward. And if you're a large practice, once you train all of your, your providers on how to use FaceTime, they're not going to want to switch to something different down the road because they've been trained. And so we have to like, yeah, we got to put out the fires that we have now, but we need to slow down and think about long term how this is going to fit into the equation and what it is that patients are going to expect and how we're going to maintain that positive patient experience because they may be having a connection issue on their side in a rural part of Georgia. And you may have a great, you know, like great connection and not have the issue on your side, but they're still going to blame you 
And then they're going to go mm-hmm. online and leave a negative review because it's still part of that experience. So I think that's a bigger conversation that's going to happen over the coming months. But right now, like people just need to make sure they're set up and they're doing it. And not to bust any bubbles you might have, but <laughs> doxy.me, it's a good one. There's a lot of free stuff that you can use with that one. And they're already, I'm about 96% sure that they're going to be on the podcast in the next within the next five or six days to just... If they're not even a sponsor, maybe we can figure something out, but pretty much it's going to be like a big sales pitch of like, what do you do? Why would we use you? So it's just all the information that on their end, what we should be aware of. So that way we can at least pick the right company, even if it's not them. So, so. Justin, I've been working with the guy too. And if you want him, I'd be happy to give you his info. It's an orthopedic surgeon who started a telemedicine company called Ortho Live mm. and Ortho Live, he's rolling, he just does orthopedic practices. And next week, he's rolling out with another one for other specialties. It actually integrates with the EHR, it accepts payment, it does all kinds of stuff. So he's like, what? but but this is an orthopedic surgeon who built this so that he could do it. And it just happened that it blew up because of what's happened in the last few weeks. So he's seeing like a yeah. thousand percent growth. We've been doing a bunch of work with him just in integrations because we work with a lot of ortho. So, you, you know, if you want to talk to him, like it's That's another awesome. one from an industry perspective of a doctor who built it himself and to hear that kind of inside info. Love it. I love awesome. it. That's what's so fun about podcasting. You don't know who you're nope. going to talk to next, what kind of connections someone might have. This is so cool. Totally. What is your webpage for people to contact you, find out more information, and even sign up? Yeah, absolutely. So it's Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-M, as in marketing, G as in group.com. And they can find us on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. That's just DR, Marketing Tips. And you can find us at Apple or iTunes or Stitch or whatever it is that, that your favorite podcast um, streaming service is. That's awesome. And I will look forward to getting these links. Everything will be in the show notes. I hope you all received massive amounts of information. Like I always say, listen, think about what it was said and implement. She's definitely giving you some nuggets to, to start looking at and to implement. Uh, you don't have to do it yourself. That's why you have staff. So just delegate and uh, hey, you might want something to do when you're free time. Who knows? I love it. But I really, <laughs> really want to thank Jennifer to be, for being on the show today. Justin, I appreciate it. It's a good time as always. And um, I really enjoyed your show. I'll make sure that I subscribe and become an avid listener for you. Five-star review. Love it. You got it. Five stars. <laughs> you got it. it's, it'll be an authentic review. I really enjoyed it. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin at a great deal. The resources page, has some of the products that I like. It's uh, affiliate style, so if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. 
just like on the show notes pages. If you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone, Edge, or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the ProLone diet, fast mimicking diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. A doctor's perspective. Learn stories of success. Avoid struggles they've met. Doctors of all kind come together to help you shine. So sit back, take it in. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you find all the references for today's guests. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trostclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>